Previously on Badger and the Blitz. London, it's not safe no more. They're calling it the Blitz. I hate going. Is that real? Of course it's real. Looks like your George has got a crush. That little... You're a pig. She's one of the family and we'll make do. Badger, where are you going? It's people's duty to put their pets to sleep. No. No. Jack's feet pound frantically along the street. He's desperate to find his four-legged friend, Badger. As you can imagine, he's terrified that he's going to be too late. He turns a corner and collides with a woman, causing her to drop her shopping. Oh, sorry. I... You want to watch yourself tearing about like that? You'll do someone a mischief. Look at my spuds. They're everywhere. Have you seen a white staffy? A what, dear? A dog. White Staffordshire Bull Terrier? With a man? Can't say I have, I'm afraid, no. Chestnut Road. Which way's Chestnut Road? Please? Please. I must find her. Hey. Now, dearie. Which way is Chestnut Road? Couple more streets that way, and it's on the left, but... Thank you. It's only the dog's home down there. Jack keeps running, weaving in and out of people, all the time worried he might never see Badger again. Watch out! Jack arrives at the entrance of a yard outside a large, creepy-looking building. There's a crowd of protesters outside. If anything, it's a bit scary for Jack. But looking at the street sign, he knows he's in the right place. Chestnut Road, the location of the dog's home. He's convinced this is where George has brought Badger. I need to... There's no need to push. Oi, let me through. Jack tries to get past the man. He's the caretaker, trying to keep the protesters out. You've no business here, son. Run along. A couple walk past with a cat in a basket and he lets them inside. No, you can't go in there. Please. They don't want to give up their pet, but like lots of people, they think it's their duty to do so. Let me through. It makes Jack more determined to get inside and find Badger. He tries to get the attention of one of the protesters. Excuse me, mister. Have you seen a man with a white staffy? She's called Badger? Jack watches a dog's home worker push a cart across the courtyard. It's covered with a sheet. Suddenly, one of the wheels hits a stone. It judders and a paw swings down into view, revealing the upsetting truth that the cart is laden with pets that have been already put to sleep. A pang of emotion hits Jack. He rushes forward, trying to get inside. Badger! The caretaker lunges for Jack. Come on, out of there, son. But he escapes his grasp and manages to vanish inside. Badger, I'm coming! Go on, Jack. The building is just as creepy on the inside as on the outside. There's a long hallway and down each side are doors leading off to small rooms. Badger, where are you? Badger, are you here? Jack turns a corner and spots his brother George. He's sat on a chair outside one of the rooms. He's reading a magazine so he doesn't notice Jack. But what's more worrying is there's no sign of Badger. Where is she? You shouldn't be here. Is she in there? You need to go home. It's for the best, you know. It's not true. Big for victory and all that. George tries to stop Jack getting into the room. Let me through. Get off. Jack bursts into the room to find his dad there with Badger. And there's a vet there too, holding a syringe. They're about to put Badger to sleep. No, you can't. Blooming idiot, George. Dad, it promised. For Jack, it obviously feels like a huge betrayal. Could you uh, give us a minute? 
Yes, of course, sir. The vet leaves and Jack cuddles tightly into Badger. Please, Dad. You've heard the radio, son. She can't stay. There won't be enough food for people, let alone the other mouths that need feeding. Badger licks Jack's face. She's got no idea why he's upset. She's my friend, Dad. Can't. I wish things were different, son. It's going to be tough on all of us, but I need you to be brave, all right? But you promised. I, I thought things would be all right, but... Frank stares over at George. The situation has changed. Realising George is behind all this, Jack turns on him. This is all because of them stupid photos, innit? It's the war mush. You heard that. The vet returns to the room. <clears throat> well... Uh, shall we proceed? We need to let this man do his job, okay? It's best not to get Badger all worked up, neither. That won't help things. You should probably say goodbye now. He gestures to George to leave the room. Jack slowly walks towards Badger. His heart is aching. She wiggles a little, excited to see him coming back to her, unaware of what is about to happen. I'll never forget you, Badger. He hugs Badger tightly, closing his eyes and sniffing her for one last time. Badger licks the tears from his face. As he turns away, the air in the room feels noticeably colder. The adults unwilling to catch each other's glances, knowing that they'd probably start crying too in the face of such an upsetting moment. Time to go. As Jack leaves the room, his brother interrupts. Don't worry, kid. War will be over next year. Then you can get another one. Jack punches his brother in the stomach. <laughs> what a horrid thing to say. Still got to punch them. That's enough. But it's too late. Jack turns back towards the room with his eyes filled with tears and a look of defiance on his face. Run, Badger! Run! Badger stands to attention, understanding instantly that Jack is serious. She leaps towards him from the table as he tears away from his brother and runs through the open door out into the hallway as fast as he can. Get after him. Badger is right behind him. Run, Badge, run! Jack and Badger race through the streets. Come on, girl, this way. They run past the brewery and through the graveyard and into the back alleys of the East End beyond. Keep running! Badger leads the charge as Jack pursues. Go on, girl! Almost game-like, they weave through the laundry that's been strung up between the houses to dry. Come on! Looking back, Jack sees no sign of the others. I think we lost them, Badge. They arrive outside a small parade of shops. A bakery, a butcher and a DIY store. Jack stares hungrily through the baker's window. Slim pickings, Badge. I guess this is what it's going to be like from now on. A little more than a year ago, they would have been iced buns and donuts, cream cakes and fruit sponges. Those were always Jack's favourite. But now the display is limited to bread alone and basic at that. Even so, the gurgling from Jack's stomach quickly reminds him that he's most definitely hungry. Stop! Thief! Jack snaps back to reality. He watches as a boy, maybe two years older than him, runs away from the shop. Moments later, the sound of a police whistle pierces the air. Jack worries in case news of their own escape has spread. We're wanted too, remember? Come on, Badger! Ducking into a side street for cover, Jack cowers behind a bin from where he keeps watch towards the road that they just came from. Alongside Badger, he looks at a police officer strolling across the junction in front of them. 
their eyes scanning for any movement that could alert them to the thief's whereabouts. Seconds later, footsteps approach from behind Jack, and before he has time to react, a hand grabs hold of the back of his shirt and drags him backwards. Got ya! Get off! Jack tries to turn around, but he's only able to catch a glimpse of his captor, a man in his 50s with shirt sleeves rolled up and wearing an apron dusted with flour. A baker. Oh, think you could steal from me, do you? Oh, there's a place for beefs like you. It wasn't me! Meanwhile, Badger's protective instincts take over. She tugs at his apron. Get her off! We ain't done nothing wrong! Badger's tugging causes the baker to loosen his grip, giving Jack the chance to run away. No! This way, Badger! Don't come back! Badger in the Blitz is a Roxo production for fun kids, supported by the Audio Content Fund. <laughs>